Okay, now for our first message today, it'll be brought to us by Mr. Steve Andrews, and it's entitled, Lest. Well, greetings, brethren. I was wondering what happened to all my equipment. <laughs> I left it here last week. I'm hoping that my, um, um, my material that I have here, because I'm using my iPad, doesn't fail me. Like last week, I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to, to get through this. For all of those of us who um, are kind of happy that the uh, um, election is over with, um, one of the things that I've, I'm, I'm glad about, well, I don't know whether I'm uh, totally glad about it or not, but uh, I know that uh, it seems like there was so much um, rhetoric of all kinds. And the four-letter rhetoric seemed to be the most prevalent out there for some reason. We have um, become a, a nation of uh, vulgar speakers, and it doesn't seem like that we have any restraint when it comes to using those. I don't know how many of you uh, who have children <coughs> uh, who are older, a little bit older, maybe were asking, what is that F with all of those hash marks, or that S with all of those hash marks on it, or... Uh, I hope you didn't have that problem, but it just seems like today that there is a, a prevalence in the society that we live in today for uh, just saying whatever we want, no matter how bad or vulgar and, and, and uh, distasteful it might be. And, um, and so I'm kind of glad that, it's, that we have maybe passed some of that by and maybe the... Uh, News media. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to back off of it a little bit. There are good four-letter words out there, though. I want to read something first, though, before we get into Matthew, the, the 12th chapter. Matthew, the 12th chapter. He, he's talking to the, I think, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he says, Oh, generation of, vi of vipers. This is verse 34. How can you, being evil, speak good things, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks? A good man out of the, out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of, the, out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by, the, for by thy words you shall be justified, and by thy words you shall be condemned. Jesus was serious about how we speak, and what we speak, and what we say. There, like I said, there's some good, good four-letter words out there. All of us teach our children the S-T-O-P word, because we don't want them running out in the street. We want them to stop. And so we, we teach them that word, and it's a good word to teach them. And of course, as we get older and we learn how to drive, they teach us you know, the sign that has the word stop in it. So not only do we know the four-letter word that sets inside of it, but we know the symbol for stop. 
I think it was about three years ago I gave this message. And, uh, and I was thinking about it again uh, because of the four-letter words and four of the things. And this word is L-E-S-T, lest. Um, not least, lest. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting that in the, in the dictionary, and if I, if I can use my uh, great uh, thing here, I'm going to go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It is, it, it, it's very interesting. This is a small word with a, with a small uh, definition. <laughs> and if you go to the Greek, it's even smaller. It's only two letters in the Greek alphabet. So, but it's a very interesting word because it, it, it conveys warnings and, um, and other things because it's, the, the definition says for fear of that, for fear of that. Use when you're saying something in order to prevent something from happening. Something from happening. And so the, the authors in the Bible, especially Paul and Jesus, and those that were translating it, that translated that, used this word to convey something. And we'll look at those words and we'll look at the, the, the conveyance. And what, the other thing I've, I've got, the reason why I wanted to do it a little differently today, one of the things I would like to do is I would like to look at some of the comparative um, text from some of the different translations. Because in some of those comparative texts in the translations, it helps us to understand a, a little bit more about this word and, and, and the depth of it. So we can, we can look at that. And I won't have anything up there. I'll just read. Uh, for the most part, all of the other translations use the same word. It's very interesting that they translate lest as lest. And, but there are a few that, that use it a little differently. And then this is the definition of lest for students. For fear that I have to be sharp and clever, lest I go hungry. And that's by E.B. White in Charlotte's Web. And then let's see, I want one more. I think that was pretty much it on that. So you, you understand the background and the, and the dictionary background of it. So let's, let's go now to Mark, the 14th chapter. Now I'll get back into my, into my uh, e-sword. And I will um, go in here, and uh, hopefully I'm, I'm a little bit better at doing this than I was before. Um, in verse 38. And let's go to verse 38. It is, and there's just I'm just picking this one. Watch you. Remember, this is the scenario. They're in the garden, and Jesus um, is praying, and the the disciples are there, and they're um, he's warning them. He's telling them that this is a very uh, difficult time, both for him and for them. And the warning is: Watch you, pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit. Truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Lest you enter into temptation. There was a warning there from Jesus. And we know that they were, they were in a, a kind of a, a stupor. Didn't quite know what was going on. Didn't know, um, but they knew that they could see Jesus was, was very disturbed at that time. And he was warning them, lest you enter into temptation. Um, the, the ones that I have um, are... I will just give you a quick rundown on the, uh, the, the uh, uh, different translations. The easy to read version, the, the Jubilee Bible, 
the American Standard Version, the Contemporary English Version, the Darby Bible, and the International Standard Version. So I have those different versions. I'm not going to read all of them at, through each one of these that we go through because that would take a very long time. But I want to, I want to pick a few of them as we go through and, and just show you the differences, how they looked at these and how they translated. In, in the um, uh, easy reader version, it says, stay awake and pray for strength against temptation. Your spirit wants to do what is right, but your body is weak. So we see that. Watch you and pray you enter into, this is the Jubilee, watch you and pray enter not into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is sick. So we, we can get some, some different feelings for the, the word from, from different translations. In the American Standard Version, it says, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then the, um, um, which one was that one? The CEV. Whoops, that's not the one thing. Um, the Contemporary English Version. Some of these I you know, wouldn't recommend, but it was interesting the way that they, they did translate these few verses that I've got. Stay awake. Pray that you won't be tested. You want to do what is right, but you are weak. Sometimes in our own situation, in our own life, that, uh, these are things that we, we need to understand, this, that even, even under temptations, we become weak. And we need to stay awake. We need to pray. We need to be like Jesus to be aware of the things that are around us. Now let's go to the next one now, which is in Romans, the 11th chapter. Okay, Romans chapter and beginning in verse 18. And we're going to read a few verses here. And I'm actually reading out of, I normally have my easy reader, but I'm going to go ahead and, and read out of the King James Version. This is the one that uh, is the beginning of the, um, the ones that I have in there because it also has all of the Strong's Concordance numbers, and so it's kind of easy to, to go in and pick one of those out. Boast not against the branches, but if you boast, you bear us not the root, but the root you. You will say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. He's talking to, to the Gentiles about the... Uh, about their position uh, in, in, uh, in God's uh, uh, kingdom and, and where they were. Uh, you shall say then that the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Verse 20, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, Take heed, lest he also spare not you. Take heed, lest he also spare not you. So here's a warning. Lest is used in the, as, as part of a warning, an admonition. Warnings, admonitions. And Paul is saying, okay, be careful. And even though you're grafted in, you might not be there. Behold, Therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell, severity, but towards you, goodness, if, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also shall be cut off. And so 
we grasp this warning if we if we can actually see some of these warning verb or words that, that just kind of jump out at us we can actually grasp a little bit more now let's go back up here to this um, and I'll see if this one verse here that uh, in 21 which has the least if God <clears throat> did not let the natural branches of that tree stay he will not let you stay if you stop believing and then this is the Jubilee that if God did not forgive the natural branches neither shall he forgive you you get a little bit different take on on this warning in, in the, the American Standard Version for if God spare not the natural branches neither will he spare you let's look at the Darby version here if God indeed has not spared the natural branches lest it might be he spare not you either so here we see that Darby actually used the same um, words and the, the same um, translation there essentially okay let's pick up another one here and let's go to 1st Corinthians the 10th chapter um, and we'll look at the 1st Corinthians the 10th chapter 1st Corinthians 10 beginning in verse 11 and I don't know if I read all of uh, the one, uh, to 23 but uh, beginning in verse 11 now all these things happened unto them for for in samples or examples and they are written for our admonition upon the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Let's read a couple more verses here. Uh, actually, let's read one more verse. There has not temptation taken you, but as such is common to man. But God is faithful will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And so let's go back to now this, uh, this verse 12 here. Um, so anyone, this is an easy reader, easy reader version. So anyone who thinks they are standing strong should be careful that they don't fall. The Jubilee. Therefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. American Standard. Wherefore, let him that thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. So we see those that this is the translation is very close to that one there. Even if you think and this is the CEV. Uh, this is the uh, forgetting what that one is. Uh, contemporary English version. Even if you think you can stand up to temptation. Even if you think you can stand up to temptation, be careful not to fall. I think that translation is pretty interesting. Even if you think that you can stand up to those temptations, be careful not to fall. It can't happen. It has happened. And the temptations in the world are very strong, very much out there. Um, I might read this um, ISV version here. Therefore, whoever thinks he's standing securely should watch out so he doesn't fall. Even if you think you're secure in the way, we should always be close to God so that maybe those things, you know, <clears throat> we will be able to, to overcome that and, uh, and understand that Satan, like a roaring lion, is always out there trying to get us to trip up, to, to mess up. 
Ephesians, the second chapter. In Ephesians, the second chapter. And in verses uh, 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 8. For, ber- for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. <clears throat> See, in the easy reader version, you're not saved by the things you have done, so there is nothing to boast about. Boy, that is so true, isn't it? In the Jubilee, not of works, lest any man should boast. And uh, let's see, uh, not of works in the American Standard Version, not of works that no man should glory, that no man should glory. The glory goes to God, not to us. He's, he's the one that's working through us. We'll read that here in a minute. We are his craftsmanship. And, and we're not, it is something that he is doing in us and working in us and being in, in us. It, is, it isn't something that you have earned in the CEV version. So there's nothing you can brag about. <laughs> I thought that was, you know, that's kind of a contemporary. Nothing you can brag about because there's nothing you've earned. You, you, this is what God is doing in you. He says in the Darby version, not on the principle of works, that no one might boast. And not the result of actions, the ISV, not on the result of actions, to put a stop to all boast, to put a stop to all boasting, that pretty much opens the ideas and the thoughts about what Paul was was trying to emphasize. <clears throat> now, because they get the wrong idea about oh yeah you don't do any works you don't have to do anything. Well, Paul says this is this is what what's going on, for we are his workmanship. We're being worked on. We know that. We understand that. We're being worked on. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So there are works. There are works. And that's good works because God's working in us through Jesus Christ. Which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. And so we, we find that that is the, the, some keys to understanding that. And the, the, the admonition, the, 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 the admonition was to not boast. Because it's God working in us. Let's go to Hebrews, the second chapter now. Let's look and see what Hebrews, the second chapter is. I don't think find Hebrews in here. <laughs> Should be easy, shouldn't it? Verse one. <clears throat> I may read a few more verses in this one. I've got a little bit of extra time here. <clears throat> he said, "Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip." If you take a minute and think about what what what's being written and the things that are being said, it becomes quite clear that they're helping us to understand um, some admonition in our own personal life. In the easy reader version, so we must be more careful to follow what we, we, we were taught, 
we must be careful so that we will be not pulled away from the true way. Therefore, it is necessary that we, with more diligence, this is a Jubilee version, keep the things which we have heard so that we, we do not fall. The American Standard Version says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that were heard, that, that were heard lest happily we drift away from them. Or happily. The CE Version, we must give our full attention our full attention to what we were told so that we won't drift away. The interesting thing about having other translations and, and giving us a, a little different idea about what, what's being said out of, the, out of the King James or whatever version that you, you pick, it helps us to have a little bit of a broader thought with the same idea. And it gives us a, a, a little bit more depth because somebody's looking at it and translating it a little differently. doesn't mean that it's totally different. It just means it's translated. And as you can see, all of them are still based in the same thing as the King James Version, but with a little different emphasis. In the ISV, it says, For this reason, we must pay closer attention to the things we have heard, or we may drift away. And I think that those emphasis of there kind of gives us an idea of, of what... Um, the, um, the original was looking at. I want to read a few verses here again in, in, um, in Hebrews because I, I want to emphasize this particular part. In, in verse 2, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedient received a just recompense of reward. Verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with different miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. For unto us, unto the angels, has he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. And so the author starts out with this admonition and then gives us so much meat afterwards to grasp and help us to understand. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that you are mindful in, or the son of man that you visit him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, and for the suffering of the death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should take death for every man. And we could go on and we could, we could gain an, another deeper insight into that, but if you go back, the beginning of the admonition, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard. And then he goes on and explains in, in more depth how important that is because of our position and, and where we're going to be in the kingdom and what inheritance we're going to have. I think that, that, that sometimes these 
key little words, these key little points, kind of grasp our, should grasp our attention and, and lead us uh, to some deeper study and to some deeper thoughts. Uh, still staying in Hebrews, let's go to Hebrews, the third chapter now. We'll go to Hebrews, the third chapter, and we'll begin in, uh, in verse 12, and we'll look at verse 12. Let's see what this one is. Uh, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Um, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to remember if, if I missed the... Oh, yeah, there we are. Take heed, brethren, lest... <laughs> I even missed that word, didn't I? I missed that word. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So there's this admonition, there's this fear that if we don't take heed, we're liable to allow this unbelief to come into our lives and drift away. And we've seen it happen, haven't we? We've seen it happen. Unbelief begins to cause people to drift away from the truth and drift away from God's Word. And we know that, that it can happen. Uh, so let's, let's look at some of these translations. So brothers and sisters... I thought that was quite interesting uh, in, the, in the Easy Reader version. Brothers and sisters, be careful that none of you has, an evil, uh, has the evil thoughts that cause so much doubt that you stop following the living God. If you blame God sometime in your life for the things that have caused you and, and don't realize that you're the cause of, of most of your problems, I mean, it's... it's it's the way it is, isn't it? We get into trouble, we have problems, we, we want to blame God for it. Take heed, brethren, this is the Jubilee, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unfaithfulness to depart from the living God. So just a little bit of difference. American Standard Version. Take heed, brethren, that lest happily there shall be in any one of you an evil heart of unbelief in falling away from the living God. My friends, watch out. This is the um, CEVE version. My friends, watch out. Reaching out. My friends, watch out. Don't let evil thoughts or doubts take any of you and turn you from the living God. You see how some of these extra translations can give you a little bit of a, 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 a strengthening of that one verse. See, brethren, lest there be any one of you a wicked heart of unbelief and turning away from the living God. In the ISV version, see to it, my brothers, that no evil unbelieving heart is found in any of you as shown by your turning away from the living God. Isn't that interesting how that was put? See to it, my brothers. Personal, reaching out, reaching out to us. See to it that no, that no evil unbelieving heart is found in any of you. Please, it's a plead. By turning away from the living God. He says, uh, going on, and I didn't have this in there, but I, I would like to emphasize this because I, I think it's important. But exhort one another daily, while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, 
Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. And we know the rest of those scriptures. And that one verse there in verse 13, today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Okay, let's go now to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and we'll get a couple more verses here, and then we'll finish up. We'll look at a couple more. Hebrews 12, and just verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed or compassed about with a so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that is set before us endured this. Uh, let's see, I, I thought this one was also had one in it, but maybe. Maybe this is not the one that I. It's probably further down, I would suspect. Oh, there it is. Okay, it's in verse 3. We'll just keep reading here. It's in verse 3. Sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't get all the rest of the verses in there. Uh, beginning in verse 1 again, let's, let's go through that. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher for our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame that is set down at the right hand, um, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied, lest ye be wearied, and faint in your minds. When trials and tribulations come along, it's very easy to, to, to faint, isn't it? It's very easy to, to, to allow those things to, 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 to grasp us. Think about Jesus. Now, this is the ERV. Think about Jesus. He patiently endured the angry insults that sinful people were shouting at him. Think about him so that you won't get discouraged and stop trying. For Jubilee, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied in your souls and fame. The American standard, for consider him that has endured such gainsaying of sinners against himself, that you wax not weary, fainting in your souls, that you wax not weary. An interesting way of putting that. So keep your mind on Jesus, the CEV says, who put up with many insults from sinners. Then you won't be get, get you won't get discouraged and give up. That's an interesting way to put it, isn't it? Keep your mind on Jesus, who put up with many insults from sinners. Then you won't dis, uh, be discouraged and give up. In the Darby version, for consider well him who endured so great a contradiction from sinners against himself, that he that you be not weary, fainting in your minds. And the one last one, think about the one who endured such hostility from sinners so that you may not become tired and give up. My last one is uh, in James, the fifth chapter. And um, James, the fifth chapter, and just one verse, beginning in verse uh, 12. 
He says, Above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, and neither by any other oath, but let your yeas be yeas and your nays be nays, lest you fall into condemnation. Interesting point by James, wasn't it? He's, <clears throat> here's his points. Here's, the, here's the, some other translations. My brothers and sisters, it's very important that you not use an oath when you make a promise. Don't use the name of heaven, earth, or anything else to prove what you say. When you mean yes, say only yes. When you mean no, say only no. Do this that you will not be judged guilty. An interesting way to put it, isn't it? But above all things, uh, this is Jubilee, my brethren. Do not swear by heaven or by earth or by other, any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into condemnation. Almost exactly the same of the American Standard. But above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven nor by the earth nor by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, that you may, that you fall not into judgment. The CEV. My friends, it's interesting how they, some of the translations reach out um, because it's, it's an admonition. It's a, it's a reaching out to, to brothers and sisters in, in, in trying to help them to understand something and how that these other translations are, start out with either my, uh, my brother and my sister or my friends. He says, above all else, don't take an oath. You must not swear by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Yes or no is all you need to say. If you say anything more, you will be condemned. Or, you know, it's, it's a judgment that you might have. Um, let's see here. Let's I'll take this last one. Above all, this is the ISV. Above all, brothers, do not swear oaths by heaven, by earth, or by any other object. Instead, let your yes be yes, and your no be mean, uh, and your no mean no. Otherwise, you may fall under condemnation. So we see these different ways of of translating something very, it seems like a very simple word, and yet it, it has a lot of depth to it, and there's a lot there. It's a four-letter word that we really ought to, to know more about, should we? And the words that are used sometimes in the, in the news media, we probably should forget them. 